Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for a broken and a contrite heart. We thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the whole thing. We thank you that your will is having a preeminence in every aspect of our lives. We thank you for grace, each day, to spend time with you. For we know that it is in those moments that we exchange our weaknesses for your strength. Thank you for daily bread. Father, we commit tonight's discussion into your hands. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our midst. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank God for another opportunity. We thank God for the gift of life. We thank God for not giving up on us. We thank God that his mercies are new every morning. We thank God for the Holy Spirit that is our teacher, he's our comforter, he's our standby, he's our advocate, he's our strengthener, he's our counselor, he's our guide. He's all that Jesus was to his disciples and more. We are continuing our study on the six prayers we should pray in the year 2021. And all too soon, we're on the fifth prayer topic. We're on the fifth prayer topic. So shall we turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Immediately we say first Corinthians 13, your mind should be going in a particular direction. <laughs> Let's see what it has to say. I think this is a scripture we should also memorize. It's a very common scripture, and I hope some of you know the scripture too. So it says that let me use the ISV. Right now, three things remain: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest among these is love. ISV version says right now three things remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love the king james which is what we are mostly familiar with says and now abideth faith hope and the king james used the word charity charity but the greatest of these is charity that is what the king james uses and there's a reason why the king james uses the word charity but if you check um the greek and the hebrew word actually agape in latin if i'm right if my research was right agape in latin is very close to charity and the reason why i think the writers use charity it's because of what they were trying to communicate in first corinthians 13 but we are not really looking into that soon i won't really focus on that so we are talking about the next prayer topic and obviously, you can guess the next prayer topic, which is love, which is love. Now, just to chip in this form, I think last two weeks about talking about the will, something just occurred to me during this week that I would just like to add to our study. And that is this, the understanding that God respects our will because he gave it to us, helps us understand how the Holy Spirit manifests in our lives. So most people have this notion that when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you lose yourself. <laughs> you lose your personality you lose control it's like you are merciless under the power of the Holy Spirit that's not true in fact that's one way you can identify which spirit is in play if the Holy Spirit comes upon you you can use your will not you can use your will you, your will is still fully in place that's why Paul tells us do not quench the spirit because you can quench the spirit 
one way to identify the spirit of God and the spirit not of God is the way it operates in a person's life. So if you look at throughout all the passages in the New Testament, because there was not really a manifestation of demons in the Old Testament. So if you look at all the examples of demon manifestations in the New Testament, you realize there's one thing clear, the people were doing things out of force, not out of their will. So you realize that the madman of Gadara, the Bible says that he was in tombs, he had secreted himself and he was cutting himself with stones and sharp objects and when they even chain him, he would break the chains. Devil manipulates, forces you to do something. But when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you still have the choice. So the scripture tells you that even the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. So when God's spirit comes upon you, you don't lose your senses, you don't become a robot. Never. In fact, any spirit that has that kind of manifestation is not of God. God does not operate like that. It's very important because many of us. We have this thing that, oh, the spirit has come upon him or her. That's why the person is believing at that. That is never scripture. And that's one way for us to appreciate that God doesn't violate your will. Even if he comes on you mightily, <laughs> like a mighty rushing wind, you can still quench the spirit. That's why some of you or some of us in our initial, when we're receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of tongue speaking, especially if you're not really well taught, sometimes you become skeptical. So you realize that when you begin to speak in tongues for the first time, you are really scared. You're not really sure what you're going on. So you realize sometimes you close your mouth, then you stop speaking like you are holding yourself in because you're not really sure if you are speaking in tongues or you are just murmuring things because maybe somebody's telling you to speak in tongues. So even in that kind of experience, that kind of intense baptism, if you shut your mouth, you would speak in tongues. How much more in other manifestations? So please, let's take note of that. The Holy Spirit doesn't violate your will. In every manifestation, your will is still in check. So we are talking about love, love, and it's very important. I, you should know why. I know there are so many phrases and, and slogans and logos and all those things about love. And I know there's so much teaching about love. So initially, when I was even planning, I was like, oh, it's not really important. And I know we'll do a teaching on love itself. But then the Holy Ghost told me that I should not undermine truths I see in the Bible. As long as it's in the Bible, no matter how many times you think it has been preached, no matter how many times you think people are familiar with it, you should still preach it. And during this week, the Holy Spirit ministered to me a scenario that explained why no matter how many times people preach about love, people post love quotes on their windscreens on their doorposts, on their status and all those things, we still need to talk about it. It's very important because love is the excellent way to live life. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, when Paul was doing an exegesis about spiritual manifestations and love and um, spiritual manifestations in the church, he said, let me show you a more excellent way. And if you do a study, you will realize that the more excellent way is the way of love. There's a good way to live. There's a better way to live. There's a best way to live. There's an excellent way to live, but there's a more excellent way and walking in love is the more excellent way and you know that love is the fruit of the spirit and i'm believing god that very soon you will do the fruit of the spirit so we will throw more light on this but love is the fruit of the spirit and last week we started about learning how to dump the holy spirit how to tap into the power that the holy spirit brings and we, we established that the power that the holy spirit brings gives us the ability ability to live the Christian life. In fact, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to love. So in Romans 5 verse 5, we tell for the love of God 
we have various types of love, but the love of God, and I'm sure most of us are familiar with the word agape, the God kind of love has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So one of the empowerments that the Holy Spirit brings into a person's life is the ability to love and the love the agape way. And I know most of us are, are familiar with the, the other two types of love. That is the eros. That is the romantic love. And you see, this is where most people think about it. Love is not a feeling, but there is a feeling of love. And that's what we call romance. So most people or most ladies or gentlemen were like, oh, I don't have that feeling for the person. The person is a good guy or a good lady, but that chemistry is not there. What the person is actually saying is that the feeling of love is not there. And I talk about romance. So love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. Love is the evidence of the Spirit of God in you. But there's a feeling part of it that is romance. But we have other types. We know of filio. That one, I'm sure, is very common. That is the brotherly kind of love. But there are so many other types of love. We have um, a love that is, I don't want to pronounce it. I'm not sure about the pronunciation, but the spelling is T-O-R-G-E. T-O-R-G-E. And it's not an English word, so don't try to pronounce it using English um, pronunciations. And that's talking about the love parents have for their children. T-O-R-G. That's the kind of love that a parent naturally has for the child. So you see that parents naturally love their children. And this is the kind of love they're experiencing. You also have the love that is called ludos. You got the spelling, I'm trying to... But the spelling is L-U-D-O-S. L-U-D-O-S. And that's talking about playful love. That's mostly the love that exists amongst children. So you see that children, they meet themselves. They don't know themselves from anywhere, but all of a sudden, they are all friendly with each other. That's the kind of love that's at work. We have another love that we call, um, that the spelling is Z-E-I-N-I-A. That is also another. So we have plenty. There's another one to Pragma. P-A-R-G-M-A. That's talking about long-standing love. Long, so we have different types of love, but there's a particular love that can only exist in a person that has the Holy Spirit living in him. That is the agape love. That is what Romans 5 verse 5 is teaching us that this love has been shed abroad in our hearts. So nobody needs to teach you this type of love. And this is the type of love that God is expecting us to live in each and every day. And as I said, we do a teaching on love, so I don't want to say anything. I just want to remind you of some things because it's very important and it's very heartbreaking to see the state of the world we live in. It's really, sometimes it's really, really depressing. But let me not go ahead of myself. So what many of us don't realize is that First Corinthians 13, 13, now abided these three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest among these is love. There are only three things that will remain in life. In case you don't know, your car will not remain in life. In case you don't know, your business will not remain in life. In case you don't know, nothing will remain in this life. The only three things that will remain, that will matter, is your faith, your hope, and your love. And even in this, your love is the greatest. And the reason is simple, because both faith and hope cannot operate without love. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, let's read this scripture. It's a very important scripture. It was one of the scriptures that really, really impacted my life. Galatians 5, verse 6, the B part. But let's read the whole verse. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything, nor circumcision. But important, especially for a group of people or a group of Christians that believe in physical acts to gain approval from God or to gain certain favor or certain um, recommendations from God. 
to say that in Christ Jesus is not we don't care whether you are circumcised or you are not circumcised. In Christ Jesus we don't care the day we choose to go to work to go to church and don't go there. But I say in Christ Jesus these things do not matter. The only thing that matters is faith that works by love. Faith that is fueled by love. That's the only thing that matters in Christ. That's the only thing that matters in love. So the God kind of faith fueled is fueled by love. So faith is the vehicle that gets you things. So faith is like the currency in heaven, or faith is the currency in the spiritual realm, or faith is the currency that you use to exchange things in the spirit realm. And the only way your faith can work is by love. And this explains why many of us, our faith declarations and our faith actions and faith steps are not producing results because our faith is not fueled by love. I remember one time I was reading. A book by Kenneth Hagin, and he was talking about a time that he was organizing a prayer healing session, and there was in the queue a young man who was on the stretcher, and he was in his time, he was in the line we prayed for, and Kenneth Hagin was like, as the child was being brought forward, the child was being um brought with the mom, and I think the mom tried to touch the child or something, and the child reacted so rudely to the mother, and if I remember the story correctly, Kenneth Hagin was saying that immediately that scene happened. Is as if he entered into a short trance or a short, he had a short vision, and he immediately saw a creature that was sitting on a guy, and that creature was the creature of not love. I don't know how to put it, but there was a certain thing that was hindering his faith from working. That was because of the fact that he was not working in love, so he was trying to access the healing of God. But because he has been rude to his mother, maybe he was blaming the mother for the situation he found himself. And because of that bitterness he had harbored in his heart, it was the reason why his faith was not working. And it's the reason why many of us, our faith is not working. Making all sorts of faith confessions and faith proclamations and faith tokens and all the rest. But until you learn how to genuinely work in love, your faith will not produce 100% results. And the reason why many of us, our hope is making us ashamed, because you know in Romans 5, therefore hope maketh not ashamed. Let's look at it again, Romans 5. It tells us that from the verse 1 is very, very interesting. But let's just start from the verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing this. I love the scripture. I'm tempted to deviate. But Paul is saying that we glory in tribulation. Why do we glory in tribulation? Knowing this. So the reason why many of us are complaining and murmuring in tribulations, the reason why many of us are blaming God and accusing God and behaving funny in tribulations is because we don't know this. And what is Paul telling us that we don't know? He says, knowing that your tribulation works patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. So somebody who knows this process would glory in tribulations. He would be happy in trying moments. He will be joyous in unbearable situations. That, that's what they focus on. They will be disciplined. <laughs> and verse 5, and it says that, And hope maketh not ashamed. Why does hope does not make ashamed? So if you are reading, you it has put a semicolon. That means it's explaining the sentence before it. The reason why hope does not make you ashamed is because the love of God is shed up brought in your heart by the Holy Spirit which is given to you. So the only reason why your hope don't make you ashamed is because of its attachment with love. So for your faith to work, you need love. For your hope not to disappoint you, you need love. So that's why I've got there abided faith, hope, and love. But the greatest among this is love because the two of them stand on love. Everything stands on love in this life. 
And the uh, scripture that many of us we quote is First Corinthians 13, verse 1 to verse 3. So we want to in this scripture, I really found it difficult to really understand. But let's look at it. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I do not have love, I am a sounding brass or a twinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, all <laughs> all person that he sees in parts. But if you are so deep in the spirit that as for you understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and do I have the all faith? Look at the, the words Paul is in all mysteries, all knowledge, all faith to even remove mountains. I am nothing. So the only thing that will make your faith substantial before God is love. And this verse 3 is the part that I really found to difficult to understand. That how can you give to the poor and give your body to be burned? and have not love. So it profits me nothing. I was like, how can somebody give up his life not because of love? <laughs> and I would explain. So Paul is teaching us something very important that your spiritual manifestation, that's in the verse one, is noise without love. The deepness of your revelation, the deepness of your insight into the things of God without love is nothing. Your humongous faith that can move mountains, that can change nature without love is nothing. Your benevolence that can give to the poor and your selflessness where you can offer your body to be burned without love, it gives you no profit. So love is that ingredient in life, that ingredient in your activities that makes it heavenly. So it's like love is that kind of spice that adds the flavor to your meal. So you can cook a very nice meal, but if your meal is not attractive, nobody will come and eat your food. So I remember I always make this joke that if you go to a new vicinity and you want to know which food to buy, just go to the food that has a very long queue. So immediately you see a long queue that like the food is good, but I don't know what I just mean, but it seems like in Ghana, this rule doesn't work. Because you can go to a food joint and you see a very long queue, you buy the food. <laughs> Merci. Ah. So yeah, love is that thing, that ingredient that makes everything you do in life meaningful. It's very, very important. And I'm wondering, how can you give to the poor? How can you be so selfless and not have love? And this is the thing that the Holy Spirit struck in my heart during the course of this week. That laid the emphasis on why you must share about love, no matter how many times people have heard about it. Because the reason why the world is in the state that we are in is because of the lovelessness of people. So if we read, I think, 2 Timothy 3, is that in the latter times, let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also, he said, be sure of this thing, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. This in the last days, hard times would come. In the last days, difficult times would come. In the last days, hard times would come. In the last days, trouble will come. In the last days, grievous times will come. Full stop. For men, that's all I want to say. The reason why the times we are living in is so hard and difficult is because of men. The reason why people have made themselves Lord and authority over the resources of nations is because of men. The reason why people can finish school with degrees upon degrees and have no job and are tempted to go into prostitution, are tempted to go into amorapy is because of men. People who have made themselves the god of a country, that they are siphoning the resources of a country because of men. The reason why times are hard, sweetheart, the reason why when you turn on the radio, when you turn on the TV, it is one bad news after a bad news, one fire outbreak 
after another fire outbreak, one accident after another accident, one increase in price upon increase in price. The way it seems like it's just like just a compendium of bad news is because men are orchestrating all these things. So you go into places where people disjoin, but people are putting people's applications somewhere because they want somebody to sleep with before they will give opportunity to somebody. Men. The reason why people are neglecting their children and taking care of younger girls because of men. The reason why there are children who cannot afford to eat a three square meal a day. The reason why people are going through pain is because of men. Men who have made themselves God in a particular office. Men who are occupying certain sensitive positions and have determined that they are going to determine the destiny of people. Men. The reason why people are going through heartbreaks. People started a marriage journey with full of excitement. Yet, a few years down the line, their lives have become a compendium of tears because of men. And when I mean men, I mean human beings. So the reason why times are hard is because men are doing something wrong. And you can summarize all these things because men do not love. That is why life is hard. <laughs> that is why you can finish school and you don't get a job because men who are supposed to open up the economy men who are supposed to make sure that the nation's resources are put into good use are playing the buffoonery. You go into a company with so much experience, so much education, and the pay you are supposed to get, you are not getting it, is because of men. So times are hard because of men. And you know the interesting thing? These same men who are the cause of many people's pains, many people's agony, many people's tears, these same men, you go and check their bios, the right philanthropist. <laughs> I remember one day I was in a company of some people during the corona, when the corona pandemic started. And somebody, a prominent person in society, came to make a donation on TV that I, so, 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 I am donating my facility for the, for self-quarantine of people. I'm donating barrels of, of what, hand sanitizer and alcohol. Oh, this man came to make humongous donations on TV. And I was among a group of people and they were shaking their head. And they said, this man that you are seeing on TV for over three months, he has not paid his workers. This man that you are seeing on TV for over seven years, he has not been the slate of his workers. This man you are seeing on TV has been cheating his workers. Yes, till you come on TV looking all gloriously fashionable, making donations, getting the applauses of men. Who are you deceiving? That is what the Bible says that you can give to the poor. You can offer your body to be burnt, but sweetheart, you are just wasting your resources. You have rather just kept your money and spend it on yourself. And you see, when I was younger, I really didn't appreciate these things. But the more you grow, the more you realize how evil and hypocritical people are. You see so-called big men making all sorts of nice statements. I want to serve. I took this position to serve. We are for the good of the nation, making all sorts of sweet talk. They are just play actors. So they are giving their bodies to be burned. They are giving plenty to charity. They are giving plenty. They are feeding the poor. Some of them come on television and they are saying big revelations, exposing the Antichrist. Some are explaining the 666. Some are explaining the dynamics of the kingdom. But yet when you go, they are abandoning their own family. So Paul told us in Timothy that any man that does not take care of his family says you are worse than an infidel. It means you are worse than an unbeliever. And you'll be amazed 
to know the men that we have in this society who have neglected their families and are doing show outside. It's really, really heartbreaking because we have made ourselves uh, unyielding to the Holy Spirit. And it is why it's important for us to keep talking about love because it seems as though people don't know, like, and that's why the first prayer topic is very important because anybody you tell that oh you must walk in love let love lead and all these fantastic quotes they think when I'm telling them these things it doesn't apply to them because in their head oh last week I donated to charity oh in their heads I employed 10 people in my company oh in their heads I gave somebody something on their birthday oh in their heads I donated PPEs during the COVID-19 pandemic in their heads that having all stuff philosophical and philanthropic activities so these same people don't know that they are not working in love. What is the essence of making donations when you are not even taking care of your own wife, when you have abandoned your children? What is the essence of making all sorts of philanthropic acts when the people you have employed in your company for three months, you have not paid them? It's so heartbreaking. That is why we must keep drumming this message of love because some way, somehow, we are living in deception that we there we love. So we there love is a let love lead. And we have so many quotes. And that is why God is saying that in the year 2021, constantly pray that you would walk in love. So even in Ephesians 4, Paul tells us, speaking the truth in love, because you can speak the truth out of love. Many people, especially in the political circles, many people in the opposition are speaking the truth that, oh, maybe the government in power is doing something wrong. But the reason why they are saying this thing is not because of love, or not because they are saying out of love. And you see, they'll make it feel so patriotic that they are using taxpayers' money to do so-so and so. They are not getting value for money. You think as though they love the nation, that's why they are saying this thing. No, they want to score political points. So you see them all over the media. We will defend the constitution, the good people of this nation. Let my vote count. All sorts of wonderful things. You Ghanaians or you Nigerians or you Americans, you deserve more as though they care about you, but they don't give a care about you. So they may be speaking the truth, but not in love. So Paul is speaking the truth in love. And it's so hurting because life is really hard, not because of anything else, but because men are refusing to walk. Love. That's all I tend to share with you. Brother, sister, you may be a secretary in an office. People are coming to the office and you are frowning. Who taught you that? You can go to an office and the receptionist or the secretary is busily watching TV, ignoring you. You go to an office or a place and they look at you, the dress you are wearing, whether you came in a suit or you came in um, a lacrosse, they look at your car to tell how they would receive you. And these people go to church. You go to companies where employers are cheating their bosses. You go to places where the bosses are not paying their employees what is due. Who are you deceiving? And it's so hard because sometimes people can halt the destinies of a whole generation. They can bring in policies that will affect a whole generation because of their selfish interests. So now people's idea of making it in life is to leave one country and go to another country. It's really unfortunate. But the people, you that are listening to me now, you are in a place, you are in a place of authority. You may be in your family. You may be an elder sibling. So don't think that I'm talking to world leaders or political leaders or anything. You as a firstborn, how are you treating your younger siblings? You as an uncle, how are you treating other people? You as a parent, how are you treating your children? You as a friend, how are you treating your roommates? So don't think I'm talking about a political leader, I'm talking about a businessman. I'm talking about you. How do you treat your roommates? How do you treat your classmates? 
How do you treat your colleagues at work? Don't think because you give offering in church. Don't think because fundraising you give money. Don't think because last week we sent somebody a birthday gift. You are working in love. No, there is so much more we can do. And until we appreciate how important this is, all that we are doing in life is meaningless. Because your tongues is meaningless, your deep mysteries is meaningless, your act of giving is meaningless. In fact, the only thing that makes your tongue speaking valuable, the only thing that makes your religious act a sweet savor before God is because of a touch of love. Notice that in a lot of times, perilous times will come because men. That is why Jesus said that by this people will know you are my disciple. Yes, John. He says, we know that we have passed from life to death because we love the brethren. The reason why I know I am born again is because the Holy Spirit has shed abroad in my heart the love of God. And I have the ability to love, I have the capability to be selfless, I have the ability to tolerate, I have the ability to be kind. In fact, let's look at the definition of love. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. We are ending with this. In fact, the definition of love is in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13. I know say love is God or God is love. Actually, love is not God, but God is love. There's a big difference. God is love, but love is not God. There's a big difference between that two. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. You know, it said so many things. But it gives us a definition of love in the verse 4. Now, if you, I'm sure you have read 1 Corinthians 13 before. The definition of love is in the verse 4. So after saying that, if I give my food to the poor, I give my body to be burnt, and then it goes on to the verse 4. Let me use this one using charity, so I don't like the version like the charity. After telling us the importance of love, in the verse 4, it tells us what love is. It says, love is patient, is generous. That's the definition of love. Let me use the King James. It says, love suffers long and is kind. This is the central definition of love. After that, you realize that love is not envious. Love is not this. Love is not puffed up. Love is not, it doesn't believe itself on simile. It does not seek its own. You see, there is not, it's not. Before, it doesn't rejoice in equality, it rejoices in truth. But if you go to the verse 17, it tells that love bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, and endures all things. So you see that all, 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 love never fails. Talking about the absoluteness of love. Love doesn't believe some things or doesn't hope in some things, but it believes all things. But in the verse 4, it tells us exactly what love is. It says that, let me read the King James now. It says that love, the verse 4, it says that love suffereth long and is kind. It's a very key definition of love. Love is the ability to suffer long. And whilst you are suffering long, you are still being kind. What does it mean to be kind? To be kind means to be nice, to be considerate, and to be helpful. So what is love? Love is to suffer long. And whilst you are suffering long, you must still be nice, you must still be considerate, and you must still be helpful. That is what love is. Evaluate your life. Are you nice to people? Are you considerate to people? Are you helpful? In the month of January, who have you helped? Are you concerned about your mates who don't have jobs? Are you concerned about your mates who cannot feed themselves? Are you nice to people? Are you a breath of fresh air to people? Are you considerate to people? Are you able to tolerate and suffer long? And I said, I'm not talking about love in detail, but I just want to remind you that, sweetheart, the world is a difficult place already. Do not contribute to the hardness in life. You see, it's so refreshing. I remember when I was about to start my national service some years ago, I went to the department and I had to submit a letter. And I met this huge-looking doctor. I was like, oh, hello, doc. Please, I'm my national service personnel. I'm coming to 
submit my letter. But I had to make some. I didn't know how to make photocopies and the rest. And HOD would have to sign and all those things. And this lecturer, a senior lecturer, a biology lecturer, he got up from his office, knew that I was confused because he, I didn't even know I was supposed to do photocopy and the rest. He got up, took the letter, went into the receptionist place, and I was just following him. Group, group, group. He did photocopy. He told me that sign me, sign me, take it to the HOD, let him sign. If it's not there, come to me. I can sign take hey. The way the lecture was given, so I was so confused. I was like, ah, is this man for real? But he was just a breath of fresh air. Wait, now my posting had delayed a bit, so I was a little bit hot. Am I going to do this posting? Am I going to do? I was hot. And I was, you know, I was quite nervous entering into a new department. You know, the lecturers looking, oh, you know, some of them will be so rude. Hey, don't come and disturb me. But the way this lecturer got up from his office, went to do a photocopy, took his time. In fact, he even gave me his number that I'm supposed to send it to another place, another office. This maybe because the way things have delayed. When I get there and they are being stubborn, I should just call him. And I have not met this lecturer from anywhere. So he gave me his number. Now when I get there, I should call him in case the person over there is, is behaving stubborn. As I was walking, I was just so happy. And that is what love is. Be a breath of fresh air to people. You are not the only one going through stuff. Be a breath of fresh air to your roommates. Be considerate. Be nice. Be helpful. And learn to tolerate. I want to spend some time in prayer. I want to just tell God, our Father, I know your love has been shared abroad in my heart. I pray for grace that I would manifest this love. The Bible says that by this you will know that you are my disciples because you love one another. In fact, love is the old commandment. You know, they came to what commandment did Moses give? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And he himself, Jesus said that a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And he also said that all the commandments, the only thing that matters, he said, he that loves, you have fulfilled the whole commandment. So love is the old commandment. Love is the new commandment. And love is the only commandment. Love covers a multitude of sin. We preach these things. We know these things. We quote these things. We post these things. But sweetheart, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Look at how you treat your siblings. Look at how you relate with your colleagues. Be a breath of fresh air to people. For by this you will know that you have passed from death to life because you love the brethren. The brethren. I want to talk to God. Tell God, my Father, from this very moment, may I be conscious and intentional about working in love. May I be considerate. May I be helpful. May I be nice and kind. May I tolerate. Speak to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness, and we receive with meekness your engrafted word, which says that we should love. Because we know that without love, our tongue speaking is just noise. We know that without love, all the revelations we know is worthless. We know that without love, all our benevolence and our generosity profits nothing. We know that our faith only works by love. We know that love is the old commandment, the new commandment, and the only commandment. We know, in fact, love gives us the capacity to receive of the Holy Spirit. We know love is the fuel for exploits. We know love is the evidence that we are children of you, the God kind of love. Father, help us. Constantly remind us that we are to walk in love every day of our life. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen.
God bless you all so much for being around. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you that each week you make time to listen to us. And I believe that you are not just a hearer of the word, but you are a doer. If you are just hearing, you are deceiving no one else than yourself. See you next week. Remember to give God your best. And make sure that the only thing you owe anybody is love. Bye-bye. Bye. My soul longs for you. My soul longs for you. This heart beats for you.